are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 78, our favorite time of the year. Yeah. 10 Halloween mysteries. So those are like two of our favorite things. Mysteries and Halloween. Oh, yeah. That's like the trifecta. But there's only two things. Bifecta. Bifecta. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. So, uh, yeah. So Halloween, obviously, is our favorite time of year. And these are some spooky things that happen during that time. Before we get into it, let's do just a tiny bit of business. Not too much. Smidge. Smidge of biz. Just a smidge. Like always. Like, share, subscribe. Like. Like. Do it. Do it. Like, do it. And you can, if you have Apple, um, leave a five-star review on there and leave us a little message. That would mean the world to us. We do have a new Patreon. Patron? Yeah. New new patron on our Patreon. Patron. Yeah. Patron. Her her name is Lisa. And we met on Instagram, I believe. Um, She is actually native to Ohio. And hopefully we will get to meet her during our um, our Brownella thing. But this will post after after Brownella is already done. But uh, oh yeah, well. But we hope right. to we hope to meet her. I'm sure I met you, and I'm sure it was lovely. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just, really, really looking forward to breakfast. <laughs> yes, yes, and lunch. Um, and lunch. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell them about our Patreon? All right, so we have a $2 tier and a $5 tier. Uh, We have a special going right now where if you sign up, we will send you a sticker and a love letter just to tell you how much we love you and appreciate you. And discount codes are back. So you get, uh, I don't remember. It's it's 10% on the $2 tier and 20% on the $5 tier. So that's a good deal. It is a good deal. I have the $5, 20% off. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hey. still pa- I'm still a patron. You are. <laughs> so thank own. you, Rachel, yes, for yeah. being a patron. Um, but what yeah, I do. And, and for Lisa, if we get to meet her, I'm going to hand deliver those stickers to her. So yeah, in our love letter. <laughs> oh yes. I need to start working on that actually. But yeah. Um, so if you like the show, there's tons of new episodes extra additional episodes on there. Um mm-hmm like 55 or so, um, additional yeah. plus the discount codes. I mean, um, it's, it's a pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. And honestly, some of our best work is over there. Totally agree. <laughs> and maybe we'll share them with you one day, like one episode just kind of maybe give you one a teaser. Yeah. Yeah. We can, maybe say. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> They're close. We keep it close to the chest. We do indeed. All right. Anything All right. else business related? I don't think so. Okay. I think that's it. About well, it. why don't started. you? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay. So I found this list of mysteries. Oh, sorry guys, my cat Gravy is like scratching me. Oh. Stop it, bro. He just wants to get on my lap, and I'm not letting him. Um. Anyways, I found this list of mysteries and wanted to share with you guys since it's spooky season and super close to Halloween, and all of these things on this list happened on or just very close to Halloween day. So some of these, actually, most of these, I have not heard of. So 
adds a little extra flavor to the day. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, the first one. So this one I might have heard of potentially, uh, this is the murders of Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman. So sometime during the early morning, Halloween hours of 1981, a Manhattan couple named Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman were murdered in their apartment, which was located near Greenwich village. The couple was severely beaten before being shot in the head execution style. Ooh, like hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. And the apartment was completely ransacked. Sisman was rumored to be involved in drugs. So of course, authorities initially believed that to be the motive for the killings. However, the case took a bizarre turn when a prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had somehow predicted the crime weeks before it actually happened. Mm. Yeah. And that inmate turned out to be none other than the notorious son of Sam killer, David Berkowitz. He was a doozy. Yeah. So Did you do he... an episode on him already? No. No. We should. We should. He's a mess. Yeah. He is sure. a mess. There's so much involved in that story. So, yeah. Well, well and our Patreon is going to be about hellhounds and hellhounds are involved too there. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. So, in 1977, Berkowitz was convicted of a series of shootings which took the lives of six victims and left seven others wounded. And there's always been speculation that Berkowitz was involved with a satanic cult and did not commit all of the Son of Sam murders on his own. So I think some of the things just didn't line up, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And according to that informant, Berkowitz had told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village on Halloween. They would perform a ritual murder by shooting a couple in the head before ransacking the place to remove incriminating evidence. So he told this inmate that this was going to happen. When questioned about this, Berkowitz claimed that Sisman possessed snuff footage of one of the Son of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities to avoid some drug charges. Hmm. How the hell would he get that? I have no idea. Yeah. And there was no evidence that was found supporting Berkowitz's claims. Um, He did provide an eerily accurate description of Sisman's apartment, though. So like, what does that mean? Tell them some- because are all apartments the same there? You know what I mean? No, like, in no, Manhattan? they are not. No. Do you know how many apartments are in Manhattan? <laughs> like I would assume they'd be billion. They, I mean, typically probably are, but I mean, the layouts are going to be different. Yeah, that's true. And how are you going to know if it's a small or big apartment either? Like 50, 50 chance. I mean, yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> Uh, so no one knows if the murders of Sisman and Platzman had anything to do with the son of Sam um, with the case, but they're still unsolved. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. I, I have not heard that before. I feel like I heard about this randomly, but it not not in any form of detail. So the names kind of sound familiar. That was it for me, too. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've heard of these names, mm-hmm. like heard these names before. I don't know. Wow. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to do an episode on him for sure. Because he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And like that happening in Greenwich Village on Halloween too. Yeah. Like, wouldn't there be so many people around you would think? You would I don't think know. Maybe so. they just thought it was like a party or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be loud because of 
all the people all around and everything like that, maybe they didn't hear anything. But I mean, I I would be curious to know what kind of gun it was, because if it was like a shotgun, then I feel like people would hear. But I don't know. It probably wasn't a shotgun because they were shot in the head execution style. People don't really do that with shotguns, right? I would if it were me. <laughs> wow. I mean. <laughs> so if you put a lot of thought into this. You don't, don't want around. any survivors. And that would be a surefire way. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah it would be. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, no, but that's not no. like. That's not realistic. I mean, you're not carrying around a shotgun running around Manhattan. I don't believe. Yeah. No, probably not that either. Maybe on Halloween, though. Who knows what you can get away with? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. All right. The next one is the disappearance of Hun Jong Cindy Song. How did I get this one? (laughs) No, her name is Cindy. She goes by Cindy, so you're safe. But that really um, has a nice ring to it. Yeah, I you mean, know? yeah. Uh, okay. Hun Jong Cindy Song <laughs> was 21 years old. <laughs> Stop laughing. Was 21 years old. Uh, and she was a South Korean student attending Pennsylvania State University. In 2001, she dressed up in a bunny costume and attended a Halloween party at a nightclub in State College, which we yeah. know about State College. Sure do. After- After leaving the club, Cindy spent the next few hours hanging out with her friends before she was dropped off at her apartment at 4 a.m. This was the last time anyone ever saw her. After Cindy was reported missing, a search was conducted of her apartment. There were no signs of any struggle, but many of her belongings, including the false eyelashes from her costume, were there, indicating that she had gone inside after being dropped off, but nobody knew what happened afterward. Shortly thereafter, a witness reported seeing a woman resembling Cindy in the Chinatown district of Philadelphia, which is not near state college. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Like, what? what is that? Four hours? Probably more than that, I would assume. That's, yeah, that's far. Um, well, it's it's got to be. I don't think it's more than four hours. Do you? Four to six hours? I mean, that's Pittsburgh to, to Philadelphia. Six hours? close to close to pittsburgh like yeah an hour out. yeah yeah that's but still like that's freaking far um yeah, it is. so this woman was inside a vehicle with an unidentified male and crying out for help a bizarre lead came about in 20 2003 it's is 2003 that, why am i how having... how we say that <laughs> <laughs> around these parts Okay. Is this 2003? <laughs> what? What is happening? Are you okay? <laughs> oh my God. I'm so tired. I don't even know. Long, it's been a long day all it around. Has. Okay. 2003, as the kids say, when a Luzerne County man named Hugo Marcus Zelinsky was arrested after the remains of five people were found buried in his backyard. Damn. Yeah, it gets worse. Even though none of these remains belong to Cindy, an informant told police that Zelensky and an accomplice named Michael Jason Kurwowski Jr. had abducted her. After Cindy was raped and murdered, 
The two men allegedly buried her body at another location. Kurowski's remains were found in Zelensky's backyard, and the informant claimed Kurowski was murdered for keeping Cindy's bunny ears as a souvenir. Thus far, no evidence was found to tie Zelensky to Cindy's disappearance. But in January 2014, wow, that's, I mean, that's a pretty jump. far. Yeah. The burned remains of a dozen more people were found buried on his property. It remains yeah. to be seen if any of them will be identified as Cindy's song. And that's I don't think awful. they will be because I looked and I did not see anything indicating that they were able to identify her um, as being one of those burned bodies. So, so whenever I think of burned, I think of like ashes. Like bone so, fragments or whatever. Okay, so... I just feel like that would be super difficult if you buried it to get all the evidence to be able to identify anybody, especially yeah, after I don't after what 13 years. Yeah. I don't even know how well it wasn't thir- well, yeah, yeah, 13. I don't really know how they get like DNA evidence off of can they do that off of like burn bones? I mean, I don't know either. So I don't really know how else they would identify the those bodies other than that but i couldn't find anything saying that it was but i also don't really think i know about these two bros no and i mean that's there's quite a few people yeah so also a potential episode right here and i mean creepy that she got all the way home at four in the morning took her eyelashes off and then something happened to her so they like must have been there waiting for her or something maybe because who goes who goes back out at 4 a.m like well if she's like me once your eyelashes come off it's like your bra you don't go back outside yeah it's time for bed you just lay down so who knows what happened all right Hmm. um this one's sad i don't want this one i don't want this one either i don't like it i see just one image and i don't like it yeah it's not good um this is the murder of nima louise carter on Halloween night in 1977, the parents of 19-month-old Nima Louise Carter placed their child inside her crib at their Lawton, Oklahoma home. The next morning, Nima's parents were shocked to discover that she was missing. Since the windows in Nima's bedroom were locked, it's theorized that her abductor had been hiding in the closet nope. and sneaked the child out of the house while her parents were sleeping in the living room. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, who even knew that was, like, something I had to worry about? Damn it. Nobody's sneaking Geo out. I'll tell you that right now. Be like, mom, mom. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Lana at this point. But, yeah, I mean, that's creepy and very scary. That is creepy. A month later, a group of kids were playing in an abandoned house four blocks away from the Carter home. When they opened up the house's refrigerator, they received a horrifying shock when the decomposed body of an infant came tumbling out. Oh my the child, gosh. yeah, the child was identified as Nima Louise Carter and she had died of suffocation. What the hell is wrong with people? I don't know. I mean, that makes my like heart race and my chest hurt. Like, I, I don't know. Now, a similar crime had occurred in Lawton in April 1976, so 
like a year earlier when a pair of three-year-old sisters, twin sisters, Mary and Tina Carpenter were lured out of their home by a young woman and forcibly confined inside a refrigerator at another abandoned house. What's with the refrigerators, man? I don't know. Maybe it's just a way to keep them contained and they can't get out. Like, that's awful. Yes. Yeah. When the sisters were found two days later, Mary had suffocated, but Tina managed to survive. Tina identified her abductor as a local teenage babysitter named Jacqueline Robida. However, the child's age made her testimony unreliable and there wasn't enough corroborating evidence to file charges at the time. Jacqueline Robida eventually became a babysitter for Nima Louise Carter. No. Yep. So she was an obvious suspect after Nima's murder, but once again, there was no evidence to implicate her justice system so jacked man uh is the evidence not that this happened to two slash three children that this girl was around i mean is that yeah. not enough what more do you want right right uh years later robota was finally charged with mary carpenter's murder and given a life sentence uh she died in prison of liver cancer in 2005 never admitting to the still unsolved murder of Nima louise carter but uh, i'm gonna say case closed on that shit yeah so and what like, then whenever damn. so that's, whenever they put my, them in the refrigerator like they don't get air and then yeah. they suffocate yeah yeah i mean yeah think about how refrigerators work of course there's not airflow in there or else your shit yeah. wouldn't stay cold so yeah that's exactly what happens and like how this just shows you uh a this is why i don't let anybody watch my children except for my freaking mother and you of course. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah. I don't know. There's a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a handful of You've people. Know I've me known for since at least 25 a, years. <laughs> yeah. There's that's my requirement. Um, but yeah, I mean, and background check, I mean, damn. That's nuts. Insane. Yeah. And so sad. And she was a teenager that. back yeah. when the uh twins. And that was only a year before. So she was probably oh, still a teenager when it happened. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so awful. sad. And yeah, it no. Is. So whenever I was young, like seven, we went out to dinner and we had a, one of those alarm systems. And, um, whenever we got home, the front door was wide open, like wide open. What? Yeah. Yeah. The alarm hadn't gone off. I don't know. We were kind of really bad at setting it, but yeah, the front door was wide open and we called the police and they came. I remember them going through my, like all all the bedrooms, looking in the closets, everything like that. But then like, as I was older, like they didn't go in the attic. Yeah. Like somebody could have just been like living up there for forever and I don't yeah. know, it just freaks me out. That's so unsettling. Like it is that, that somebody somebody's in your, in your home. Mm-hmm. That same thing happened to me. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Randy, the like maintenance guy that lived next door to us? Yeah. So I grew up in apartments and like the maintenance guy for the apartments lived in the apartment next to ours. And I came home from school. It was a townhouse and I came home from school. So nobody was home. Cause you know, my mom worked or whatever. And I don't know, maybe my brother was still in middle school. I don't know, but he wasn't there. And I came up and our door was open 
And I like freaked out and Randy came over and like checked the whole house for me. (laughs) But same thing. I don't think he checked the attic. (laughs) Right. Like they could be anywhere. Do you know what else I found out about those townhouses? The attics are all connected. Yeah. Like WTF. Somebody could have came into our house at any point. We, I lived in um, a townhouse, the one in Huber all those yeah, were connected. I lived there too yeah all those yeah, were connected not, whose idea was that that shit is not safe and the entrance for it or maybe that was the other one I lived in but the entrance was in a closet so somebody could have popped down in the closet and then like I don't know so put a bunch of shit there <laughs> of so course you did <laughs> if they well, yeah that's how I live my life in general it would have happened <laughs> even if they weren't connected but I put it in my mind that that was safety and like if they yeah. would knock some shit over and I would have heard it. But yeah, for sure. That's creepy. It's that not okay. Creepy. I know that alarm at your mom works. <laughs> yeah. 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 Rachel. Oh, one night. That was a good good night. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. <laughs> no. We were drinking and I had to go somewhere. And no, we were at your dad's house, which was like right down the street from your mom's. Oh, and yeah. we walked and over to your dad's and you weren't there. And we went in. It was me and a, a group of people. And the alarm started going off and you weren't there yet. And they yeah. were like, what's what, what's the passcode? And I'm like, Allie? <laughs> <laughs> we're really like, Please don't call the cops. And the lady's like, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I have to call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come though, did they? No, because they called your mom. Remember, she was at the lake and it was literally like three in the morning. And actually, I think the cops did come. I'm actually positive the cops did come and they called your mom and your mom's like, it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Cheryl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, back on track. Yes. Number seven. Number seven. The murder of Chame Weiss. So police reopened 1986 unsolved murder of Jewish teen Cham Weiss. Cham Weiss was a 15-year-old Orthodox Jewish boy who attended the Mavista of Long Beach, a yeshiva high school in New York. The morning after Halloween in 1986, the entire school, school was horrified when Cham was found murdered on his dorm room floor. He was bludgeoned to death after a sharp blow to the skull um and was repeatedly stabbed in the head that just sounds hard to awful yeah like it's hard i don't know i don't know but no murder weapon could be found anywhere since there were no evidence of a struggle it seemed likely that chain was killed in his bed while he slept before his body was moved to the floor so they must have struggled and he fell on the floor or was dragged to the floor by all accounts, Chain was a very well-liked boy, so no one could figure out a possible motive for this crime. There were signs that the killer was familiar with the religious customs of Orthodox Judaism, even though it had been a chilly night, the window in Chain's room was open, which was a custom that's often done to let the deceased spirit person's spirit out. Oh. I kind of like that. Yeah, I do too. That's kind of real. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sad that that happened, but um, yeah, me too. 
After the murder, one of the school's rabbis left a memorial candle to burn in Chaim's room. Two days later, a second candle appeared, but nobody admitted to putting it there. There was no sign of forged entry anywhere, indicating the killer may have been familiar with the dormitory. During the night, another student on Chaim's floor remembered being momentarily awakened when the door to his room was opened, but it was immediately shut again. Could the killer have initially entered the wrong room by mistake? After 28 years, authorities have never been able to find a suspect or any answers about why Chaim Weiss was murdered in such a brutal fashion. It's funny. It's funny to me that like, okay, I'm still going to open up the window and let us dead spirit out however i'm gonna stab him in the head 137 times and yeah crush his skull that's okay like that's just i never and, put a, and then put a memorial candle up like yeah yeah no doesn't doesn't add up there it's weird no. very strange sad sad situation can you imagine the parents like never knowing what happened to this poor boy like no and then like sending him off to school and never seeing him again like Mm -hmm. this is my nightmare right all right so number six is the identity of orange socks (laughs) on halloween in 1979 the unidentified body of a young woman was found in a concrete culvert near interstate 35 just outside of georgetown texas The victim appeared to be in her 20s and had been sexually assaulted before she was strangled to death. It seemed likely she was murdered that very same day, and the only unique clue to her identity was a silver oval-shaped ring on her hand. The victim was nude, and the only garment of clothing she had on was a pair of orange socks. Since the young woman was never identified, orange socks became her nickname. I swear to God, if somebody murders me and leaves my naked body out with orange socks on, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Like, take the socks off. Right. <laughs> that looks or ridiculous. Color, or color oval-shaped ring, not orange socks. Right. Like, just don't do don't do people wrong like that, leaving socks on. People look weird when their socks are on and they're naked. I promise you, I will never let you be found dead with just socks on. Yeah, you get there first and take my socks off, okay? I, I will. I will do this Thank for you. you. I don't appreciate it. Well, I would appreciate that. Not the not the dying not the killing. being left <laughs> yeah. with my socks on. It's not cool. Years later, serial killer Henry Lee Lucas confessed to the murder of, I'm not calling her orange socks, to this lovely poor woman's murder. Oval-shaped ring lady. Yeah. He even stated that he had sex with her corpse after she was dead, which is disgusting. However, Lucas did not know the woman's identity. He claimed he picked her up while hitchhiking and only remembered that her name was Joni or Judy. After being sentenced to death for the woman's murder in 1984, Lucas recanted his confession in order to have his sentence commuted. Indeed, further investigation showed that Lucas was actually likely working in Florida on the day of the murder. And again, this happened in Texas. Mm-hmm. Lucas was notorious for frequently confessing to murders he never committed, and no one is sure how many people he actually killed. Henry Lee Lucas died in prison in 2001, um, but this woman is not the only unidentified murder victim that he has been connected to. Wow. So, Yeah. she's unidentified still it is all right number five the walker county jane doe 
On the morning of November 1st, 1980, a truck driver discovered the nude body of a teenage girl next to Interstate 45, just outside of Huntsville in Walker County, Texas. The victim had been sexually assaulted before she was beaten and strangled to death. Since the young girl was never identified, she was simple. She was simply to become known as the Walker County Jane Doe. It's estimated that she had been murdered several hours before her discovery and a potentially interesting backstory began to emerge from this girl when witnesses came forward to report their interactions with her on Halloween night. So after being led out of a vehicle by an unidentified male at a nearby South End Gulf station, Jane Doe had reportedly asked numerous people for directions to the Ellis Unit prison, claiming she had plans to visit a friend there. However, when her photograph was circulated among the inmates at Ellis Unit, no one would admit to knowing her. So, that doesn't mean anything. They're in prison. Well... Uh- what, what is that going to do? They're in prison, so it's not like they can be blamed for her murder. True. So if they knew her, why would you not say that you know her? Because snitches get stitches. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't last very long, <laughs> apparently. I forgot rule number one. Right. <laughs> Later that night, a truck stop waitress had a similar conversation with Jane Doe. The girl claimed she was 19 years old, hailed from the Arcane... I can't talk today. I think it's Arkansas. Arkansas Arkansas is what I wanted to say. (laughs) Arkansas Pass area and seemed to imply that her parents did not care about her. Since this girl was killed exactly one year after Orange Sox or the lovely lady. um, And there was numerous similarities between the two crimes. Henry Lee Lucas was considered a possible suspect. However, there was never any evidence to collect connect Lucas to the murder and the Walker County Jane Doe remains unidentified. So this was in Texas too, though. So it could have been the same person. Maybe it wasn't it could specifically Henry, Henry Lee, Lucas. Lee Lucas. Yeah. And it was both what on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes so, sense to me. Mm-hmm. Lines up. Stay out of Texas on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Or always. <laughs> We love our Texas (laughs) listeners, though. I do. And I also super love Austin, so I am definitely kidding. Yeah. But if you need to get out of there, just come stay with us. It'll be fine. Yeah. We we will house you. What is the other place that I like? San Antonio. That place is beautiful. See, I do like Texas. Just kidding. Never Um, been there. (laughs) Really? It feels like it'd be hot. Actually, you know, when I went, the first time I went, I was expecting there to be like sand and like desert. I don't know why I thought that, but I would like like cowboy movies. (laughs) Yeah. Like tumbleweeds. Yeah. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get off the airplane and I'm like, what is this? This looks like Ohio. (laughs) How disappointing. Um, But it's not exactly like Ohio, but that was in Dallas and it is like a, it's like suburby and like, it's weird. I really thought there was going to be like a lot of cowboys and there were not hmm. disappointing, but anyways, so number four is the murder of Marvin Brandlin in 1982, 69 year old Marvin Brandlin lived with his wife, Ethel in Fort Dodge, Iowa on Halloween that year, the Brandlins were handing out candy to trick or treaters who came to their house. 
At one point, they answered the door and were surprised to see a man wearing a mask. He said, trick or treat, give me your money or I'll shoot. The Brandlins thought somebody was playing a Halloween prank and tried to remove the man's mask, but he wouldn't let them. And then um, he entered their house and pulled out a gun. Oh, no. So they thought it was a joke and it was definitely not a joke. He demanded that the couple bring him down to the basement and give him all the money they had stashed in their safe. The Brandlins became suspicious since very few people knew they even had a safe in their basement. And for this reason, poor Marvin was still convinced that this was a friend or family member and that they were simply playing a trick on him. No, Marvin. Yeah. When the masked man led the Brandlins through the kitchen toward the basement, Marvin made a grab for the gun. The intruder wound up shooting Marvin in the throat before fleeing the house and inexplicably leaving his mask behind. Ethel was so traumatized by her husband's death that she died only a few months later. Mm. Yeah. Why are these Over so depressing? The, I because I mean people are Why dying. That shit is sad. We talk about this stuff all the time. Get it together, sister. But this is really sad. And like to think that this was a joke, like somebody's yeah. playing a prank on him until like you know he got shot. Like that's awful. Over the years, an acquaintance of the Brandlin family had allegedly bragged about committing the murder, so DNA testing was performed on the mask. However, there wasn't enough usable material for an adequate test, so there's still no evidence to charge this suspect. Mm -hmm. So he, like, said he did it, like, bragged to somebody that he did it, and they can't charge him with it because there's not enough evidence. Um, So the murder remains officially unsolved. Mm. Poor people. Yeah, it's awful. Don't you think if somebody says they did it that they should like that's enough evidence? I yeah. I mean Yes. Sometimes I don't there might not be any evidence. I mean, I don't know. Look at our finger. Well, a lot of times <gasps> this is the second recording that our fingernails match on. Yeah, last so week last we had week. orange orange fingernails and this week we both have black fingernails. Oh. We're the same person. We are. Yeah, that's that's just a bummer. I it is. I, I that's so sad. All I can think about is poor old Marvin just trying to give out candy. Yeah, yeah. It's super sad. This next one's sad too. Sorry. God bless America. Okay. Number 3. I don't like it. But the death of the Key West newborn. Those words should not be together. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Buckle up. Um, on the morning of October 31st, 2004, a housekeeper at the Hilton Resort and Marina in Key West, Florida, found something in the garbage bin of the ladies' room in the lobby. She may have initially assumed it was a Halloween prank. But the situation became truly horrific once she realized she had found the body of a newborn infant girl. The child still had the umbilical cord and placenta attached to her body, indicating that someone recently gave birth to this girl and decided to just toss her in the trash. Did not take authorities long to figure out who was responsible. Well, thank God for that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hours earlier, a young pregnant woman and three male companions were seen walking through the hotel lobby. She entered the ladies' room while the men waited outside. At one point, a female witness went into the washroom and heard the pregnant woman 
moaning inside the stall. When the witness asked the three men if they knew the woman, one of them claimed to be her boyfriend. He then called out her name at one point, which sounded like Samantha or Sonia. The pregnant woman was in the bathroom for approximately 40 minutes, and a security guard saw her clutching her stomach when she exited. When the guard asked if she was all right, he was told that she had gotten sick by partying too much and nearby fantasy fest. Okay. So like pause. What the F is that? What's fantasy fest? No, the pregnant woman was partying too much and got sick. Oh, well, I would assume that's just a cover. Oh yeah. But wasn't that guard? Like, (laughs) let's wrap it up. (laughs) We're all going to get there. We're all going to get there. I will tell you when I was pregnant, you know, you're allowed to have like a glass of wine or whatever. Like they say it's fine, but you can't, you cannot No, because everybody's fucking judgy as shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you are not allowed to do that, which is like, first of all, nobody's business, but I'll tell you right now, if you're a pregnant woman and you're like, sorry, I partied too much and I'm sick. Like people are going to really take note of that, probably call the cops, follow you around. So this is just weird to me that that was what she said to the security guard. And he was like, okay, cool. Well, maybe though, like some people don't know that they're pregnant or don't look like they're pregnant. So maybe he, and plus men should never I know, assume. but it says, it says that there was a young pregnant woman and three male companions walking through the hotel lobby. So like, yeah, so must, she must've been showing Right. I would assume she was like pregnant enough for people to be like, oh, she's pregnant. So I don't know. Like I said, I'll tell you right now, you can't get away with that. Nope, definitely not. So I don't know. The four individuals were escorted out of the hotel, but the child was not discovered until morning. Fingerprints, blood samples, and DNA evidence were taken from the washroom and compared to several suspects, including Casey Anthony. (laughs) Which like bizarre, right? Yeah. I don't want to do an episode on her. I don't either. We're not. That's a no for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no for me too. Hard pass. However, the mother and the three men have yet to be identified and no one has been prosecuted for the newborn's death. Yeah. My question, not that this is right, but like I've heard of babies, like, was she in a trash bag closed up? Mm, I don't know. Because if she was just put in the trash, she could, I mean, unless she was dead she whenever miscarried, she was born. Is that what you're, yeah. yeah, like, and because I've heard babies being found in freaking dumpsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they're alive. So I don't know. And sometimes know I've heard of people like their boyfriends and husbands have no idea and they go give birth and then try to get rid of it because they don't want to lose the man like mm-hmm. all sorts crazy. of crazy shit happens in this world yeah but yeah who knows what what the circumstances were surrounding this and I mean really we're never going to I would mm-hmm. assume I don't know I mean I I don't know if you, we were going on the same paths but I don't know if it's like if you could be charged with murder if you miscarried late mm. or if you had still like had a stillbirth I don't know if you can get charged for that or not, but the fact that nobody was around. Yeah. It probably just not. How do you know? It would probably just be, what is it? Um, Whenever you mishandle, no, like mishandling a corpse or something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Well, definitely that. Yeah. 
but I don't know. Sad. Yeah, that is sad. No more. Oh, I see something else. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Donna Cracker. I can do this. Okay. All right. All right. So the mysterious death of Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins was 21 year was a 21 year old student from the University of Minnesota who visited a downtown Minneapolis bar on Halloween night in 2002. After leaving the bar around midnight, Chris vanished without a trace. He remained a missing person for four months until his body was discovered in the Mississippi River. Since Chris was still wearing his Halloween costume, all indications were that he died shortly after he disappeared. Chris was heavily intoxicated that night, and since his cause of death was determined to be drowning, authorities initially believed it was an accident or suicide. His parents, thank God for his parents, refused to believe this and pressed for a more thorough investigation. Finally, in 2006, so four years later, uh, the death was reclassified as a homicide. While the authorities have withheld specific details, they claimed that an incarcerated suspect told them he was present when Chris was murdered and thrown off a bridge in the river. Even though police believe this man's story to be credible, no charges have been have been filed. However, right. Well, they don't. I mean, we've had this discussion before, like multiple times. I get why why they don't charge somebody if they don't have the evidence because you can't charge them twice. But oh, yeah, it is so frustrating, like to know. And like, there's not enough cops in the world to follow all the people that they know committed mm-hmm. a crime to like make sure they don't do it again. Right. So I don't know. That would have to be one of the most frustrating jobs. Mm-hmm. So one possible theory is that Chris Jenkins could have been a victim in the mysterious mm. smiley face murders. Have you heard of those? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. We should do an episode on those too. We should. So during this time period, approximately 40 male college students in the United States were victims in a bizarre series of drowning deaths. In some of these cases, unexplained smiley face graffiti was found near the body of water where the victim was drowned. This had led some to theorize these deaths are connected and that the victims were drugged before being thrown into a body of water to make their murder look like an accidental drowning. While no smiley face graffiti was ever found in connection to Chris Jenkins' death, investigators cannot overlook similarities um, to many of the other unsolved cases. And what does that mean? That means that maybe they just missed the tree that it was on. Well, and they didn't find his body for, what did that say? Four Um, months? Four months. Who knows where he went in? Mm -hmm. Like that, that could have been, I mean, could have been anywhere. Yeah. So there might be looking in the wrong place for that. Well, good job on the parents for keeping the pressure, Mm -hmm. keeping the pressure on because you have to be your own best advocate. I tell you what. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, especially in that case, because that's not going to bring your kid back, but yeah, it could bring somebody to justice. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, here we go. The last one, probably the saddest freaking one. (laughs) It's, I don't, I mean, don't lie to me. It's not though. (laughs) It sounds like a lie to me, my friend. It's not. Okay. Well, here we go. All right. Number one, the disappearance of Stephen Deman. 
Just say Damon. Come on, damn man. I mean, I want to be respectful, but or Damon. Damon. Okay. We that's know it's what not it damn man. Yeah, no. Okay, Damon. I like it. On Halloween in 1955, Marilyn Damon took his two-year-old son. I'm switching it up. Every time it'll be different. Be fancy. <laughs> Even this is how I get through this. Okay. Uh so sad. Marilyn Damon took her two-year-old son, Stephen, and seven-month-old daughter, Pamela, to a supermarket in East Meadow, New York. While she went shopping, Marilyn let Stephen wait outside and um, outside the store with his sister, who was inside a carriage. Ten minutes later, Marilyn exited the store and was shocked to discover that both Stephen and the carriage were gone. Shortly thereafter, the carriage was discovered about a block and a half away However, even though Pamela had been left behind inside the carriage, Stephen was nowhere to be found, and he's not been found since. Can we just and- talk about what a time where you would leave your two-year-old and your seven-month-old outside of the store while you shopped? In 1955, and I bet 1955 people are laughing at us for putting leashes on our children. Um, hello? Yeah. I yeah, will leash my is- child all day long. Nobody would even have to take my two-year-old. That bro would go somewhere himself. Right. Right. Two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, he'd be gone when I came back out of the store too. Mm-hmm. Of his own accord. And the carriage probably would have been gone also. Yeah. And found a block later when he got tired of pushing that shit. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that you could do that and like expect your kid to still be there. Was it a different time? Guys- this kid might not have even been stolen. Yeah. Maybe he's, but I mean, eventually he would be found. Okay. So eventually he got stolen, but he might've wandered off with his sister by himself. This is ridiculous. I'm shocked (laughs) that they didn't take both of them though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because this two-year-old pushed that carriage around, left it and then got stolen. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. In many cases where infants are abducted, it's theorized that the predator wanted a child of their own and decided to raise the missing infant under a new name. Over the years, DNA testing has been utilized in an attempt to determine if Stephen Damon was ever given a new identity. And that's like best case scenario. Yeah, you know it I mean? really is. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. the best. that's what I say about my dog that got lost. He's living in a super nice farm with new people. I'm sure he is. I'm sure sure he's, even if he's with me, he'd probably be dead by now. But in my mind, he's still going strong. Okay. At one point, investigators noticed that Stephen bore a resemblance to the infamous boy in the box who was an unidentified child who was found murdered inside a box in Philadelphia in 1957. However, DNA testing would eventually confirm that Stephen and the boy in the box were not the same person. In 2009, a Michigan man named John Barnes came forward believing he might be Stephen, but DNA testing also ruled this out. Why would you think that? Um, If there are no pictures of you before the age of two and you don't have a birth certificate and you don't have like that kind of information... Yeah. The hospital you were born at. I mean, think about all the things that you know about. Yeah, but this happened in New York. 
he's in Michigan. How would he even put those together? Just like doing research on children who went missing, I assume. Yeah, probably. Maybe seeing the family and saying, oh, it looks like I got her nose. Like maybe, I don't know. I don't know hmm. that part, but I can tell you why you would be suspicious that your parents aren't your parents. Yeah. But poor John Barnes, he Mm. was not Steven. No possible that an adult Steven Damon might be living another life somewhere under a different identity, unaware that he was once taken from his real family. However, his whereabouts continue to remain unknown. So we're just going to chalk this up as that is exactly what happened. Told you it's not that sad, right? And he wasn't sad. He wasn't stolen. He wandered off and, oh, this poor boy, I'm going to take him home. That's still stealing. That is still stealing. You are not allowed to find wandering children. (laughs) I'm just going to let you know this now before this happens to you. (laughs) If you find a child on the street, you need to return them. (laughs) Yeah, you got to give it back. (laughs) Finders keepers does not apply here. (laughs) This is a bunch of bullshit. No, I'm good with my one. That's all I will. That's all I need. Right. Exactly. So well, yeah, hopefully he's out there and lived a, a beautiful, wonderful life. And though it's tragic that he doesn't know, like didn't know his family and his mother lost out on having him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully how, he just, like, you know, be a mother. You would know never. Mm-hmm. No, I don't mm-hmm. know if you could continue. I mean, I just really. Mm-hmm. I don't think you I don't know if I could. I mean, I think that the whole idea of having another child, like having this daughter that you have to like keep your shit together for mm-hmm. in some fashion would be helpful in carrying on. But yeah, I mean, that would be every single day would be a struggle. Yeah. Especially because you know she's blaming herself. Uh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. So sad. Well, thanks for like super depressing me. This was so much fun. Um, all this stuff time. happens on Halloween. So <laughs> it's it's not my fault. All this tragic shit happens on our favorite day of the year. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go cry in the corner. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. <laughs> all right. You want to say your source? Oh, yeah. So I got this list off of listverse.com and it's by Robin Warder. So. That's where, where I found this list. So if you want to read about more depressing shit, go over there and get there. Yeah. Don't Link tell it me up. about no babies. No more oh, baby stuff. No more babies. Okay. Sorry. So stay safe out there this Halloween friends. Keep your baby safe. If somebody tries to rob you when trick or treating, it's not a joke. Not what a else? joke. It's not a joke. Check the closets always. Yeah definitely check the closets after you take your eyelashes off let it be known you're staying in yes don't leave that's it that's all we okay got. all right well we hope you enjoyed this episode 78 on 10 halloween mysteries and we hope you have a good week and we will see you next time bye bye